Hello, Peter. What's happening? Um, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot. Um, uh, I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday too. Okay. We uh, lost some people this week, and uh, we need to sort of play catch-up. Thanks. In the 1999 cult classic Office Space, Peter Gibbons has just been requested by his awful boss, Bill Lumberg, to work the weekend to make up for the recent layoffs their software company is going through. This might ring a little too true for a lot of people lately, but hopefully they don't have to deal with a Lumberg. Layoffs, or reductions in force, aka the RIF, impact not only the people who are let go, but also the people who are left behind. Lumberg represents the kind of management unskilled in navigating these types of situations, or any situation for that matter. But Andrew Rios joins the show today to talk about how to successfully navigate these challenges as a leader so you're not remembered as a Lumberg. This week we discuss why layoffs aren't always caused by poor management, how to effectively lead through a reduction in force, the unexpected opportunities presented as the result of a RIF, Effectively implementing cross-functional training, handling demotions resulting from less employees, and one mistake to avoid when dealing with smaller teams. And a quick reminder, come check out the Call and Contact Center Expo in Las Vegas later this month on me. That's right, I said on me. Use the link in the liner notes and my code ROB100 to score free tickets to the Expo. I would love to see you there. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Next in Q, the podcast for contact center and customer experience professionals. Next in Q is brought to you by Happy Two Vision. Eliminate blind spots and see right through every conversation with Happy Two Vision. Learn more at HAPPITU.com. Now, here's your host, Rob Dwyer. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining another episode of Next in Q. I'm Rob Dwyer, and today I've got Andrew Rios joining the show. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing, I'm doing great, Rob. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I have uh, one thing that I need to just get your reaction on. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jarrett Stidham. Oh, it's Super Bowl. Here we go. Put, put, ah, your, ah. put, your, put your silver dollar down now. Right now, this is it. I'm all in. I'm all in on Stidham. You're all go. in on Jarrett, huh? Here we go. The next Gannon. The next Gannon, if you ask oh, me. Oh, wow. The next Rich Gannon. <laughs> he just said that, folks. Oh. The next Rich Gannon. Okay, so so you're rolling with Jarrett as starting quarterback for the Raiders if it's up to you next season. Is that what I'm hearing? 
This year, absolutely, this year. That, mm-hmm. That's a great bridge to who knows what happens next season. But I think as a bridge season, you couldn't do any worse, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you could do worse. I mean, you could do better, too. But, I, okay. I just yeah. wanted to see how uh, how you were feeling about the uh, starting quarterback prospects for your Raiders. My Chiefs don't have that problem, which is a good oh, thing. No, no, I know. And that's a little bit more painful, right? A division rival up there. Like, oh, watching them practically dominate for six, eight seasons, almost ten. I mean, but, hey, they played a great game. Great coaching, yeah. great playing, great everything. I mean, you can see the team is put together very well, um, operating as one unit. So you have to respect that as a fan. Um, but – I can't well, wait until it's our turn. Here's your problem uh, being a Raiders fan. The team ownership has not found a good barber yet. That's the problem. <laughs> He's going too far. You should stay local. <laughs> you should stay. Stop traveling to Central California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough uh enough football talk. I um I just had to I had to figure out kind of where you were with uh Jarrett and how that car has gone and uh figure out where you stand. We'll we'll talk more in the future about this Absolutely. when um uh, you know, probably when you guys are eight and nine or something like that. <laughs> um, and still maybe playoff bound, you never know. <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> Let's uh talk today about riff and i don't mean uh, a heavy bass riff or uh, a great guitar riff we're gonna talk about a different kind of riff um and you know i recognize that not all of my listeners know all of the jargon that we talk about all the time so let's start with what the heck do i mean when i say a riff uh, and, and you know, unfortunately, it's a reduction in force, right? Uh, the the force has to be reduced for you know different reasons and purposes. Um, uh, uh, consolidation of the team. Um, you know, a lot yeah. of companies are going through that right now. The last you know six eight months, you see that in a lot of feeds socially and in the news. So, yeah, I think it's really timely that we talk about this because we all know that we see a lot of layoffs and a layoff is a reduction in force right so that's what that's what riff stands for reduction in force and there are all kinds of reasons that this happens and so one of the things that we want to talk about is when you're uh, managing an organization that is going through a, a riff what are some things that we can do but let's also now that everybody's on the same page with what a riff is, uh, let's talk about some of the reasons that companies go through riff. Because I feel like there is this narrative out there that layoffs happen because of bad management, and that's that. What are your thoughts on that? There's there's other reasons as well, right? Other business reasons. You know, for example, the business might be changing their go to market strategy. And in changing that go-to-market strategy, uh, you know that that my other other departments, other organizations in the company would will all ha- also have to adjust. Um, in, in customer service being the front line, if you will, for the company, 
um, they're always having to adjust. So uh, that's one one reason. Um, another reason is just uh, change change financially, right? Mm -hmm. Change in the support strategy. So you know they want to adjust. You know, Frontier Airlines is a great example. I think that comes yeah. to mind. But just a simple change in strategy um, does cause you know some adjustments that have to be made. Some some layoffs, some reduction in forces. Yeah. I think some of the other things that are out there that we don't think about, if you're an outsource partner, for instance, if, if you uh, lose a relationship with one of your partners that can impact you and, and really you, you have to, unfortunately, let some people go sometimes because you just don't have the business. Absolutely. Uh, and it might be that uh, there are some things that have to do with uh, business downturns that are no fault of the business or even a business relationship, right? So there could be changes uh, within government and, and within law that change how your business runs that can impact really uh, how many people you need to support the business. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as support leaders, one of the things I like to tell, tell my friends and peers out there is trying to keep a pulse on that, right? Where's mm -hmm. the business going? Trying to be as prepared as you can for, you know, the unfortunate turns or the turns that, that you're not really, you know, uh, aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And it can go both ways, right? I mean, sometimes we can get caught when we need way more people than we currently have and yeah. we're we're scrambling to catch up. That's um, probably a more enviable position to be in, but it yeah. is just as challenging when you don't have enough people to handle the business and you're trying to get caught up. So two different sides of that coin there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, say, say it well. Yeah. So there are a lot of people out there right now that are in the midst of uh, layoffs just happened. Uh, maybe it's been a couple of months, maybe it's really fresh, uh, or maybe they anticipate that that is coming. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about number one. Let's say that I am kind of a, a frontline manager. Like, what is my role in that? And what can I do to, number one, be as effective as I can be, but number two, like be a good leader to my, my people, the people that report up through me. Yeah. Uh, you know, great question. I think the first thing is check in on the team, on the folks, the health of, a, of each individual of the team. You know, once an event like that happens, once there is some layoffs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the first thing you want to do, you know, is it's going to come as a shock to a lot of folks, right? It's going to be a big change and they're going to be surprised. A lot of people are going to have a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts. Uh, create a space for them to vent and talk about that, right? And really share, right? Openly, either in a one-on-one -on -one setting and and with the team, right? As everybody's comfortable so that everybody can hear that everybody's feeling the same thing. So really check in on that. Um, and listen for those indicators of how folks are doing, right? And, you know, they're going to talk about some of the workload. They're going to talk about feelings. They're going to talk about everything. Um, and use that as an opportunity to really start to to gauge where everybody's at and, and where your team is at at that very at that moment, right? Um, give time, right? I think uh, you know, it, encourage folks to take time that they need, whether it's an hour here, half a day here, a full day, a full week. You know, you know, there might be that feeling that the business is, you know, uh, I got to be here because we're fifty percent less and so on and so forth. And 
And that's a great feeling. That's a, you know, a great team member, but encourage them that this is a time to take a step back and, you know, breathe a little bit. Right. And mm-hmm. I think as a leader, you kind of want to, you know, provide that environment, right. Where, it, and then also uh, share the positive and, you know, what's going to happen next as much as you can share, like, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to focus on. Um, yeah. I think that that's number one. We start with the people. Yeah. I feel like there is that tendency and we've actually seen this in some media stories around some, some pretty high profile companies about, you know, people feeling like they need to make up for everything, right? We lost all of these other people. And um, so now we've got people who are feeling really stressed because they feel like they've got to really pick up the slack as it were. Um, And that is really not a very healthy thing, certainly not sustainable in the long term. But if leadership isn't on board to make sure that people aren't feeling that way, then that's going to happen. And ultimately, it can lead to burnout. And uh, it's a a topic that that we just discussed uh, a few episodes ago on the show. And and so it's really critical that we recognize that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about some other things that we as organizations can do to effectively kind of move through that transition because it is a, there is that transitionary period. Mm-hmm. So um, take advantage of the opportunity. It's one of, one of the, the themes I was sharing with some support leaders recently is you know, um, when, when your team is significantly reduced, right, uh, take advantage of the support you're going to get from other departments in the organization that maybe wasn't there when your team was double the size. And, and what I mean by that is kind of take a look at, take a clean step back and look at what efficiencies, you know, we can drive within the team. So there's the, the people aspect of it, you know, there's the process aspect of it, then there's the product aspect of it. And I think that, if your data has been showing that maybe, you know, a modification to a user interface here, or if, if, if one bug was resolved or the feature was uh, implemented that was requested from the customers and we, we see a 5% reduction in, in either email support or phone support and maybe an increase on the knowledge base, uh, at that, that's a big number now, especially if your team was reduced by five. So kind of finding those efficiencies there. Um, and, I, and, and I think it's also, you know, a good opportunity to, as a leader, look at the team uh, and the processes and ask that question, are we doing this effectively, right? Can we do it with less clicks? Should we be doing it? I think that's one of the first couple of questions that you know I like to start with is, what must we keep doing, right? And, and how do we focus mm-hmm. on that? Um, what do we stop doing? and Or what do we improve on? And look at that with a, a fresh lens, right? And then um, go back to the team. Right, and go back to what they were saying and listening and see if that all aligns and then communicate that with the business right and say hey here's some ways that we can improve the customer experience in light of what's you know occurred as well as you know drive some efficiencies within the team right without the the hey i need more people right yeah so i think that's a great opportunity there yeah you bring up something that uh i know i've experienced and that is that we can get complacent about how things are done, what the process is, and, and really we can think that 
certain things just aren't possible mm -hmm. and we can get those blinders on boxed in like this is the way that we do it and sometimes we need to be challenged how can we get better at this or how can we accomplish this differently more efficiently and get people to think a little bit outside of the box and outside of their comfort zone so that we can make those improvements. Because if we're not doing that, we're, we're just going to be status quo. And I know I've felt that challenge before where I was like, well, yeah, this is just, it doesn't get any better than this, right? This is as yeah. good as it's going to get. But when someone says, hey, like, I need you to figure out a way it can change your mindset so that you start to get creative and think about things differently, not the way that they are, but the way that they could be. And I think when, when you've got less human humans to execute on something, getting creative and thinking about how we can be better and more efficient and do things maybe differently, that's, a, that's a, the best time to do that, quite honestly. Absolutely. And you're going to get the support from, from different teams, IT folks that, you know, um, are going to be there and incentivized now to help is going to be kind of well-known when you communicate whether some of the, the areas you're not going to be able to support in anymore, you know, folks are going to want to help with that. I've seen, you know, historically, mm -hmm. another great um, area there is maybe there's been a P2 project that uh you you know unfortunately based on workload and everything previously you weren't able to to move on but now for example if it's a, an opportunity to improve the email response that gives a little bit more self-help and you know it took a few hours to get going well now that opportunity is you know that's ripe now right it's going to give you right. uh pay dividends right give some because you know your response is going to be a little bit delayed now based on that and you'll communicate that but you know take advantage of providing more information, more self-help, whether that is creating a video or, you know, uh, improving the form in the intake, right? Maybe that was something you just didn't have on the project burner yet, but now it's time because we know that that's going to improve and, and add some efficiencies in the team. So, yeah. You talked a little bit about other teams helping out, right? And that's, that's pretty common. Can we talk a little bit about cross-training and the opportunities that arise when when all of a sudden we have less people? Yeah, I think one that's, that you know comes to mind, it's a great opportunity to, <clears throat> excuse me there, implement a voice in the internal voice of the customer program. Mm. So now maybe uh, there's uh, an opportunity to partner with your sales engineers, maybe your account managers, maybe just a few folks in sales or or IT or the product team, right? The dev team, the QA team, anyone that, that works on and touches the product that ultimately a customer touches. It's a great opportunity, you know, to maybe get a little bit of their time, an hour a week, 30 minutes a day here as a little bit of a program to have them field that tier one call, to have them field that tier one email and, and to see it. Now that helps you capacity wise, right? That's the win for the team. But I think the win for the company and, and and everyone is the opportunity to really see firsthand, hear firsthand what's going on and why folks are calling. And then as the leader, build on that momentum and, you know, say, hey, we all saw that. We all see this. Can we can, can we prioritize that feature request now? Can we pri prioritize 
that enhancement to our, you know, to our software, to our hardware, either in the next product or whenever the next opportunity is. And here's the dividend. I think you get those allies. You build that 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 one voice. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, challenges that companies face when they start to scale up is they lose that connection at multiple levels to the actual customer. And so we get siloed and we're just doing our thing and we're not really thinking about what the customer actually tells us because that's not part of our day-to-day existence. We're, mm-hmm. we're just doing our thing and any opportunity that you can get, I, honestly, it almost doesn't matter what role you serve in. Any opportunity you get to really hear what customer feedback is, whether that's support issues or um, understanding what the sales cycle looks like or you know any of those things that really can help you understand a more holistic vision of the company and how you can support all of those efforts better what changes i mean some of the best changes come from frontline people interacting with customers Absolutely. I think there's a phrase out there that, that sales folks like to use, which is everybody's in the business of sales. And I'm like, absolutely. I go, it's equally everybody's in the business of customer experience, right? That yeah. umbrella where we all live under. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about maybe some specifics of ways that you've seen this implemented really well. I know you just talked about getting people maybe to answer those emails or hop on the phones if you're doing voice support. But what other ways have you seen like cross-functional help improve when you're in a situation where you've downsized a little bit? Um, in the proactive readiness, right, is mm-hmm. so NPI, new product introduction, new feature introduction, new service introduction. So the handoff, if you will, from the product team, right, into support. So the product goes live, the feature goes live, the upgrade is live or whatnot. And a little bit more uh, attention and discipline to ensuring that the support team is ready to support the product. I think that's always a conversation that we have um, in in any industry that you're providing support in. And there's an opportunity there that's why I talk about efficiencies, right? If we're always chasing information, well, now it's an inf- now it's an opportunity to stop, hopefully, chasing as much information, right? <laughs> and shine the light on the why, you know, if you just give the support team a forty-eight hour heads up on, you know, something like this, or we're in, we're able to uh, provide a little bit of feedback on a major launch a little bit more ahead of time than, you know, uh, the previous time, you know, I don't want to assume anything that gives us an opportunity. And what I like to say, it's a great fighting chance to support the customer, right? Yeah. Not just support the customer, but give a great experience. And also, which, you know, you get another opportunity to really, I think, drive a, a, a another vision is in that product feedback now. So when a new product launches, now we, we have some indicators on what to maybe look for, or what we're not sure of. So if we do get something in this area feature-wise or something's not working as expected, you know, we're, we know where to escalate that to and we know how to get that feedback because we know it's important to the mm-hmm. business. So I think using that opportunity to really hone that new product introduction process is, I've seen 
you know, uh, be, be pretty successful, right? Because it saves everybody else time after the launch, right? I think everybody yeah. starts to see, right? You mix that with an internal voice program where they get to see and feel that they kind of see the whole picture and where where their decisions and where their inputs play into the overall experience of the customer and, and what that means to the team. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like one of the biggest challenges with lots of organizations, and I don't care what uh, type of business you have, is just that communication across all the different parts of the business, mm -hmm. particularly though to the, the support teams, the customer service teams, what have you. But I also feel like that as we have gotten into agile methodology, particularly within SaaS products, mm -hmm. that the changes happen so rapidly and deployments happen so rapidly that sometimes we forget, hey, we've got these great new things coming out. Let's talk mm -hmm. to the support team and let them know what's mm -hmm. coming out, what to expect so that they can feel confident and sound educated when they're talking mm -hmm. to customers about that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, single point of contact, right? Kind of a subject matter expert that will that can represent the support team and be that one bridge that the product teams can say, hey, I know I got to go talk to Andrew. Like Andrew's the one who's responsible for the support side and ensuring they have what they need and they're ready. Now, what that means, right? They'll work together, but really the team and the support team is going to execute too. So I think trying to establish that and making it easy. So, okay, mm -hmm. one person, that's awesome. And then I think making it easy to send that information, no need to fill out super Excel sheets or create, you know, massive wiki pages. Maybe it's as simple as a communication in a project Slack or Zoom or Teams channel um, whenever a change is occurring. And then w being flexible and understanding that it might be a new process. So maybe the support team needs 48 hours. They used to get no hours. Now they're getting 12 hours. Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Let's, <laughs> let's build on that, right? Let's build on that. So yeah. I think kind of establishing a, a, dare I say, a process in which people just know how to operate, right? Like that's yeah. it. And making it as easy as possible. And uh, where appropriate, having the support team take the brunt of that communication internally, right? That's why I would be responsible. I'd share it back out. What does it mean for content? What does it mean for training? What does that mean for the project? You know, so on and so forth. So um, it, those that's also a great opportunity, especially when you're dealing with the reduction to give your internal team members who are still there an opportunity to play a different role on the team, mm -hmm. right? Because now we're going to need that. You're not going to necessarily go hire a program manager or a new support engineer or a new readiness engineer, right? You're going to, you know, give an opportunity to grow and build that skill set within uh, the team that you already have. Um, so that's another area that kind of, a positive, if you will, right? You know, an opportunity to focus on those positives that that grow people's systems processes. And yeah, man, you touched on so many great things there. Like, don't let don't let good be the enemy of perfect, right? Some sometimes we just got to be good and <laughs> yeah. get a little bit better. And sure, yeah. it's not perfect, but as long as we're progressing, I love what you talked about too about how you get communication to be easy. So I mentioned, right, sometimes we just forget about communicating and then you just took it to the next level, which is 
don't just for don't just remember to do it, but make it easy, make it accessible so that we can be more free to communicate. And then I think that last piece, which I absolutely love, and I think this is the great part about when you're working in smaller organizations, because I feel like it happens more often, is that opportunity to learn new stuff in a new role and doing yeah. something completely different and maybe throwing on a hat part-time that you're not used to wearing and, and filling in that. And I think that's a great way for people to grow their skill set is to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the other way as well, I've, I've been part of, you know, uh, reductions in a previous life where uh, members ended up in the support team right? That, that may have been in pre-sales or, or may have been in uh, QA or may have been in some other mm -hmm. or part of the organization where shifts and moves and everything was made. And now, you know, you, you may have lost uh, seven folks, you know, but you gained, you know, two others internally. So I think that cross-pollination as well now too, that's another part of, you know, and I think that's when you get that opportunity um, as a, as a leader, it'd be good to step back and see, how does this gel? How can I, how can we all move forward together, right? Absorb this change and then grow from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and continue to bring value, not just to the business and our customers, but, but ourselves and then be, be proud that yes, we, we hit this iceberg and this is what happened, but we were still able to patch up the boat and continue on our way down. And, and maybe it was a little bit wobbly. We still took on a little bit of water, but, but we made it and here we are. And, and now we know what it takes to, to patch up the rest of the hole and get going and, and we're better for it. And yeah. I think um, it's a moment, right? It's a moment for a team as well when they get through that tunnel and that, and those, that change and they look back and see, wow, look at how we adapted to that. Look at how, look at what we did and, and the business also sees it. And then it's also, I think as a leader, you can't forget this, right? Is it's also reflective in your data and your reporting. It's also reflective. This was, hey, here's yeah. how, here's the, the data tells the story as well, helps tell the story, if you will. So Yeah, for sure. One of the things I want to ask you about is how do you handle what is essentially a demotion? Because I don't need any people. So let's just say you've got frontline leadership, right? And maybe you've had X number of teams. And so you've had X number of team leaders or supervisors, but now you're reducing, you're keeping those people, but they're not going to be in that same role because I don't need that many supervisors or team leaders. How do you approach that? Because obviously that is maybe not quite as difficult as, you know, the people that you had to let go but it's still really difficult, particularly to the ego of, of those people. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, uh, a courageous conversation. Sometimes I say this, it's a courageous conversation mm -hmm. you have to have. But you, ha you, you said a great word there, Rob, which is ego. And I think that's an opportunity as a leader to, you know, to hopefully show that you've, you haven't had one, right? And, and you're impacted in the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's level set and say we're all while different experiences and different levels, we've all are feeling that. And here's an example of that. I think current state, you know, the other part is, you know, this team has never been. And I, I say that from experience, never been about egos, 
So let's let not let that, based on this event, this challenge, change the way that we operate or who we are from the inside. Like, let's talk about it because you have to address that. Everybody, everybody will have it and let it go and let's talk about it. But then let's move forward with what we can control, what we can change, what we can influence, what we can control. Um, share stories in the past, right? How, how maybe this has happened before and this is how you've navigated and moved forward. You know, focus on the positive. We're all still here. Whether the manager knew previously and was part of the selection process, if you will, or wasn't, and is just as surprised and updated as the team, focus that we're all still here. And there's a reason for that. We all have probably different ones and in, in, in beliefs and what that may be, but we're also here working together and let's let's keep that momentum. Let's keep that going. Um and then and, and that's why I say sometimes if you have a, a, a the, the the relationship and you know you can communicate with someone at that level to say we still have a, a job and we still get to come work at this great company that we're at. I think that's also you know you want to blatantly come out with that one, but if you have an opportunity to really paint that one in a zero, that's what you you kind of share. So kind of that whole conversation over time as well. Know that. Uh, there's a there's a level of a bit that ego, the team's going to feel a little bit of grief as well, right? Some level of grief. And I think understanding that people process and move through that differently as a leader is going to be important, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, Yeah, I that seems like one of those things that is a, a really big challenge, but also a really important one, because typically those people that you had in those frontline leadership positions, you saw a lot of potential, right? And that probably hasn't changed. You just don't have necessarily the number of roles today, but that doesn't mean that you won't in the future. And so being able to retain talents that you've already identified as high potential and, and leadership quality is really important for the long-term success of the business. But if you don't handle it well, you really risk losing those people that you didn't intend to, to lose as part of the process, but all of a sudden becomes attrition because you didn't handle it well. Yeah, no, trying to mitigate that as much as possible is, yeah. is the key. Also, just, just from the human level of it, right? And the team and, and everything, so. Yeah. Andrew, I wonder... Are there any like mistakes that you've seen made often that you want to just kind of warn people about to just say, hey, I've seen this happen more than a few times. Don't do this. Uh, oh, man. If, if you're given the opportunity, and it's actually a conversation I had with someone a couple of weeks ago, if you're given the opportunity, you know, a couple months down the road to bring on a partner, uh, you know, to be a little fit, more fiscally responsible, uh, and they they want it to happen right away, right? Um, don't rush down that door without knowing how to operate in that environment if it's your first time, right? I think so. Knowing what you're going to ask them to support, how you're going to measure it, how you're going to train them on that, how you're going to continuously train and support um, and partner with them is is important. I've seen folks where they get the opportunity, you know, they quickly they quickly partner with someone, you know, outsource it. And now their next challenge is kind of similar to what they have now. It's just on another level because, you know, those folks are still learning the product and everything. So it's kind of created more work 
um, yeah. where you you want to be want to be quick, but you don't want to hurry, right? I think that's the mm. balance. There is is one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, uh, outsourcing is I think far too often done for the wrong reason. And that reason is often just, I'm thinking of cost savings, cost savings, cost savings. How do I do that? Well, I can outsource. Mm -hmm. And the reality is your, your reason for outsourcing, while cost may be a factor, should be, I want a partner who can focus on that part of the business so I can focus on the core function of our business, which is... Yeah the product, the services, whatever that case may be. And then, you know, whatever those functions are that I outsource, I'm doing that because I want a partner that can focus on those pieces of the business so I don't have to. Exactly, exactly. There's there's a second one that's right, right priority up with that with the outsourcing is don't be afraid to share with the business the impact of the reduction in force. What does it mean for our service levels and how we service the customer? I think as leaders, we're always passionate about taking care of the customer, doing what we have to do, doing more with less, if you will, right? Continuing to partner with the customer or internally and whatnot. But if you do happen to lose half of your team, right? Let's just keep the math simple. You know, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be able to do the same things you were doing. Right yeah. away, right, right away. I mean, but so don't be af afraid, you know, to share that truth with your leaders and what that means, right? Don't just share with, hey, here's the bad. Share, here's here's the adjustments I've made. Here's the decisions I've yeah. made with respect to SLA, with respect to hours of operation, with respect to outbound communications, with respect to a, a strategy with the phone number, Right um anything and share what that means and then how you're going to monitor it so it's an opportunity to also share right and say hey here's what happened i'm communicating it with you here's the expectations i'm setting here's how i'm going to measure and monitor that right and then uh continue to communicate that right especially when it after it happens weekly here's what this happened last week here's what happened last week here's what happened last week and then make you know celebrate wins I think that's the other opportunity now to keep highlighting the positive of this. It's not always just a bad thing, but yes. celebrate wins with what the team has been doing process wise or what they've been able to do that has impacted something with automation or with better tagging, with less documentation. Like all those, you know, are, are, are important. Right. So. Yeah. Being transparent, realistic yep. <laughs> and recognizing that hey we're, we're going to move forward from this and 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 just keep a pulse on everything where where can we improve what can we do differently to make uh, the support better and make it easier on our on our folks that are executing that support yep. absolutely yeah. absolutely love that stuff love that stuff hey before we wrap up today is there anything that you wanted to share that that we haven't hit on today that has come uh, through your mind that you're like, gosh, we got to talk about this. I, I, um, I will double down, double uh -oh. down, on, double yeah, down. Here we go. Double down um, on opportunity to have the support, the support, the experience voice heard internally 
that will make the the support world, the service world easier for the customers and internally. So product feedback, right? Either on the products and services we're using, right? If, we're, if the agents are doing a lot of swiveling and there's an opportunity to swivel a little less and that will improve handle time, click time, whatever you're me measuring, then that's your opportunity to voice that. Like really double down on that, the, the good and, and what the areas of improvement, yeah. right? I think really with that and hey you know we've had this nagging bug that customers call us you know one out of 10 times just for us to tell them to reset it if we could just build if we could reset it on its own and here's this feature request or if if we could build that in the ivr that tells them hey if you're having this issue simply reset it right because that's what we're going to yeah. do drive that message home right i think that's what i would double down on um because that will help those efficiencies and then it's, it candidly makes the support and service team feel good that their voice is being heard, right? Yeah. And that's important, right? It doesn't have to be big buckets at a time. Little pieces, you know, 5% here, 2% there. Mm -hmm. You eventually look back and you're 30% more efficient. That's that's awesome. And everybody feels better about it, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I would add to that. It's not just, and, and this is what you're getting at when, when we're actually getting out of whatever role we're in and, and so customers because it's not just what is the customer saying but understanding the experience that your support team goes through with navigating the systems that they're using understanding how easy or difficult it is to find the information that they need how many different systems do they have to navigate and how long does it take and you know are they using one screen or multiple screens like all of those things when you when you understand uh, the agent experience and what they have to go through to support the customers, it helps you identify like, well, why do we do that? Let's fix that. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that's easier for everyone. And, and now all of a sudden we're more efficient, maybe not because we fixed a product uh, or a process, but but we fixed what we have to go through as a support team. So there are just all kinds of opportunities there, but you can't do that until you get into those shoes and try them on and, and go for a walk and find out what it's like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, I really appreciate you joining uh, us today on Next in Q. This has been a, a great conversation and you know, speaking of riffs, uh, there's a lot of free agents on the Raiders, uh, and today is the beginning of free agency. So I think they're about to go through a reduction in force. And yes, um, yes. <laughs> but don't you worry, I'll still get you a Stidham jersey from the Vegas. Oh, uh, so don't, don't you, you worry. Don't, Run is coming your way. All right. Do not <laughs> dare. I've actually, um, I've seen the Raider. I've been to. Vegas recently, uh, and uh, I'll be going again relatively soon. And I have seen uh, the gear in the shops. And what I'm curious is, does anyone who's not traveling from California actually buy any of that gear? I would say absolutely yes. You know, because <laughs> it's a tour. It's a tourist destination. Right. It's just like getting your. But you don't go, you don't go on, you don't take a vacation and bring your shame home with you. Like that's <laughs> not how that works. It's supposed to be 
what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Why would I bring that shame home with me? I don't it's diamond crusted. It has some bling to it, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, Andrew. Thanks for joining. Uh, I can't wait to uh, talk to you again in the middle of uh, the NFL season, and and uh, we can throw some more. Cards <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. Have a great one. Really appreciate your time today. Great conversation. Next in Queue is brought to you by Happy Two and is produced by me, Rob Dwyer. If you enjoy this podcast, please, by all means, subscribe and or rate this podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. But more importantly, please tell just one person about this podcast. Word of mouth is the best way for people to discover new content. As always, thanks for listening.